0: Not at war. war in a long time ago.
1: A recruiter tells our undercover student the war is over. The
0: news never said war. They, they're they not lying now. They never said war. It
1: appears some army recruiters are willing to say just about anything to reel in a new soldier.
0: Will I be going to war? I say your chance will be slow to that's what I
1: say. We sent students undercover to 10 Army recruiting offices throughout the tri-state area. We almost welcomed
0: being shot at because it helped us identify where they were shooting from,
1: which means we could kill them Some recruiters were upfront about the dangers of enlisting. You know, every job in the Army does include combat. But nearly half of the recruiters who spoke to our undercover students compared everyday risks here at home got a show in to being in Iraq.
0: I like Subway sandwiches and Subway salads and I watched news yesterday, a guy got killed in Subway.
1: You have a ten times greater chance of dying out here on the roads than you do of
0: dying in Iraq. I'd rather get hit by a car instead of getting hit by a bomb, what's the difference? You ain't, you not living. You dead, that fucking is gone, it's Iraq.
1: And with the end of the war nowhere in sight, the general in charge suggesting more troops might be needed, some recruiters told our students if they enlisted, there was little chance they'd go to Iraq.
0: Aren't people still being shipped out?
1: No, they bring people back.
0: Nobody's going over
1: to Iraq anymore? No, we bring people back. So once you don't pick a job that falls right here, then you won't have to worry about, you know, going over there. If you're signing up to the Army these days, you have a pretty good chance of going to Iraq, don't you? I would not disagree with that. We are an Army and a nation at war still. Colonel Robert Manning is in charge of U.S. Army recruiting for the entire Northeast.
0: The news never said war.
1: He agreed to take a look at our undercover video of his recruiters. I find it hard to believe uh, uh, some of the things that they're telling prospective applicants, I still believe that this is the exception more than the norm. What are you saying then, that we just got wildly lucky to find recruiters more than half out of ten that we visited to be stretching the truth or even worse, lying? I've visited many stations myself, and I know that we have many wonderful Americans serving in uniform as recruiters. Yet we found one recruiter who even claimed if you don't like the Army, Get the rifle out of the water! you could just quit. What it is, is called a failure to adapt discharge. And it's an entry-level discharge, so it won't affect anything on the record. It'll just be like it never happened. This recruiter makes it sound like it's pretty easy to get out if you change your mind. Is that true? It's, uh, I would would believe that it's not as easy as he would uh, lead you to believe that it is. In fact, it's probably pretty tough, isn't it? It's, uh, it's tough.
0: They need to do anything they possibly can to get
1: recruits, Sue Niederer says she's all too familiar with recruiters' lies. He was told he wouldn't see combat. Absolutely, absolutely. Her son joined the army in 2002 and ended up in Iraq. His job to find roadside bombs.
0: How did he die? He was killed by an IED,
1: bomb, a bomb. Two years later, she says our investigation confirms her belief that there's a widespread recruiting problem. They were
0: gonna some, uh, some people over there, but they stopped that because we'll start bringing people back.
1: In which another casualty appears to be the truth.
0: You can ask anybody who's been there.
1: We've all had more close calls out here on the you know, Long Island Expressway and the southern states and stuff like that than we did when we were over there. This kind of conduct really does fly in the face of what the military stands for honesty and honor. Yes, obviously, there's training that needs to be done. 90%
0: going to be putting their lives on the line for our country. Tell them the truth. That's all. Just tell them the truth. Welcome to the show. Pull up a chair. I'm going to be um, talking from a printed piece, uh, my outline, and then I will be switching to reading off of my screen just because this country has been in too many wars. Military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in foreign policy. Who said that? Well, none other than Henry Kissinger. Just before I get started here, I don't typically like to go after people for their looks, but this is a freak show, okay, so just give me a pass here. Look up... Henry Kissinger and Nancy Kissinger together. And then you'll see what I mean. Well, some days it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. Who is Henry Kissinger? Well, looky here, an Ashkenazi Jew. Surprise, surprise. Henry Kissinger is a German-born American diplomat, political scientist, and writer. He served as National Security Advisor from January 20, 1969, to November 3, 1975, and as the 56th United States Secretary of State from September 22, 1973, to January 20, 1977, the latter under both Richard Dixon and Gerald Ford. Kissinger was born Heinz Alfred Kissinger in Fruit, Bavaria, Germany. Surprise, surprise. I'm just shocked over this one. In 1923 to a German Jewish family. His father, Louis Kissinger, his father was born in 1887 and died, sadly, in 1982. His father was a school teacher. Tranny world. Get those kids out of school. His mother, Paula Kissinger, 1901 to 1998. Funny how long some of these people live, right? His mother was from Lushinhan and was a homemaker. His brother, Walter Kissinger, born in 1924, died in 2021 at 96. The surname Kissinger was adopted in eighteen seventeen. See they get they got remember we were talking before about I was saying that how they got names for themselves. So his name was adopted in eighteen seventeen by his great great grandfather, Meyer Lob, after the Bavarian spa town of Bad Kissen. See they they said They named themselves after Towns and stuff. So Bad Kissing, B-A-D, and the next word is K-I-S-S-I-N-G-E-N. That's where they got Kissinger from. In his youth, Kissinger enjoyed playing soccer. He played for the youth team and was one of the nation's best clubs at the time. I love these backstories. I hope you had a chance to listen to the backstory on the last one that Ford character you know how they just rented military uniforms and happened to be in um, Pearl Harbor when it hit just amazing I I think the Ford one is probably my best backstory to date so let's get back to this creep so so they got the name Kissinger from Bad Kissing and in 1938 when Kissinger was 15 years old, he and his family fled Germany as a result of Nazi persecution. And I always have to keep the dates right in front of me here, okay? It's funny how it doesn't sound like they fled. It sounds like it was an orchestrated moving to the United States because he fled in 1938 and the war started September 1st, 1939. All these people just really have the instincts to get out of there before the killing really starts, right? During Nazi rule, Kissinger and his friends were regularly harassed and beaten by Hitler youth gangs. (laughs) Hitler sometimes defied the segregation imposed by Nazi racial laws by sneaking into soccer stadiums to watch matches. Often resulting in beatings from security guards. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> as a result of the Nazis' anti Semite laws, Kissinger was unable to gain admittance to the gymnasium while his father was dismissed from his teaching job. I guess as, yeah, how the father is a teacher and a little homemaker mother? I don't know. They sure came up with somebody to get out of there, right? The family briefly emigrated to London before arriving in New York City on September 5th. Kissinger later downplayed the influence his experience of Nazi persecution had on his policies, writing, Germany of my youth had a great deal of order and very little justice. It was not the sort of place likely to inspire devotion to order in the abstract. That is a strange statement. Not the sort of place likely to inspire devotion to order in the abstract. It's interesting because these people are just, they excel at creating chaos, right? However, many scholars, including Kissinger's biographer, Walter Isaacson, have disagreed and argued that his experience influenced the formation of his realist approach to foreign policy. I guess a realist policy to foreign policy in this country is um, get that murder rate up um, so yeah um, he's also considered a geopolitical consultant um, he also won the uh, in 1973 he won the Nobel Peace Prize under controversial circumstances <laughs> with two members of the committee resigning in protest a practitioner of real politic, I don't know what real politic means, Kissinger played a prominent role in the United States foreign policy between 1969 and 1977. The reason I'm talking about Kissinger, pretty key times here, right? We're back here at the 60s. Getting those kids off to war. Okay, so during this period, he pioneered the policy of detente with the Soviet Union orchestrated the openings of relations with China. Yeah, and gave them all the manufacturing, right? (laughs) Set all that up. Engaged in what became known as shuttle diplomacy in the Middle East to end the Yom Kippur War, and negotiated the Paris Peace Accord, ending American involvement in the Vietnam War. Wow, what a guy. Kissinger has also been associated with such controversial policies as U.S. involvement in the 1973 Chilean military coup, a green light to Argentina's military junta for their dirty war, and U.S. support for Pakistan during the Bangladesh war, despite a a genocide being perpetrated by Pakistan. So I guess Pakistan was genociding the Bangladesh And somehow, Kissinger was involved in there. After leaving government, he formed Kissinger Associates, an international geopolitical consulting firm. Kissinger has written over a dozen books on diplomatic history and international relations. Kissinger remains a controversial and polarizing figure in U.S. politics, both condemned as an alleged war criminal by many journalists political activists, and human rights lawyers. <laughs> those people are after you, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> if, if your own kind is turning on you like they're ki- killer. But remember, this is just a joke that they're doing all this stuff, right? Which reminds me, um, yesterday I was stumbling over the goose and the God thing. My mom's relatives used to say that, and it fits in here too. He has less brains than God gave a goose. <laughs> What is this? I think most of these people, geese win in the brain department versus these people, okay? So uh, he was controversial. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. With the death of centitarian George Shultz in February 2021, Kissinger is the oldest living former U.S. cabinet member and the last surviving member of Nixon's cabinet. War is a great, wonderful, hugely rewarding, and financially lucrative business for the military-industrial complex. If you were a businessman and you knew you could make $1 per year for every young teen you could convince to go to war in Afghanistan, what would you resort to in order to get a youngster to sign up? I would argue that they resort to a lot of lying. Funny, huh? In Mexico, it is possible to have people assassinated for a few bucks. What do you think a callous, uncaring person in the business of killing people would do to get another hired assassin into the game? War is a rigged game. It is very easy to get into war as a soldier, but it is very hard to get out. Unless you get killed or commit suicide, and both of those are very easy in a war. There are now up to 30 U.S. soldiers committing suicide every day in the U.S. military. Why are there more soldiers killing themselves than the enemy can kill? War video games and war movies often give a false illusion that a teen can have fun and experience no consequences in war. The game can be turned off and everyone can go have a pizza and a beer. The movie is fun to watch, and then one can go to sleep and wake up the next day, refreshed and ready to have more fun. War is the opposite of this. Killing people in real life creates PTSD, and watching friends die around you also creates PTSD, even if you kill no one. Killing innocent civilians also creates PTSD. And that is mostly what happens in war. It is not just collateral damage when you are the person killing an innocent kid, a woman, or an elderly person, even if by accident, via orders given by a commander. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to switch over to my computer screen here, and hopefully without any major issues. Uh, I'm going to go through, somebody went to the work to... um, reproduced a year-by-year timeline of America's wars, which reveals something quite interesting. Since the United States was founded in 1776, the U.S. has been at war 214 out of 235 calendar years of existence. In other words, there were only 21 calendar years in which the U.S. did not wage any wars. To put this in perspective, pick any year since 1776, and there is about a 91% chance that America was involved in some war during that calendar year. War is their motive. This country, this backs up my theory that this country was formed to be the war arm. You need more proof? No U.S. president truly qualifies as a peacetime president. Instead, all U.S. presidents can technically be considered war presidents. The U.S. has never got a decade without war. The only time the U.S went five years without war from 1935 to 1940 was during the isolationist period of the Great Depression. So I'm just going to run down some of these wars here, okay? Let me switch over here. Okay, some of these wars. This is really something else here. And I'm not going to read them all because I would be asking you to sit here for the next part of your life, okay? So let me scroll down here to these wars. Okay, 1776 of course we had the American Revolutionary War, Second Cherokee War, all these wars, Yankee War. You can go look at um, wars United States to get the complete list if you if you want to read it all. So, yeah, early 1980s they were busy Yankee Wars, Akin War, North, Northwest Indian Wars, um fighting the Indians supposedly. Um they were fighting the Indians until 1975 with the Northwest Indian War. Oh, excuse me, 1795. <laughs> My eyes are flipping the numbers around. Okay, 1797, no major war. 1798, a quasi-war. It doesn't say with whom. Okay, then in 1801, the first Barbary War. That went on until 1806. They had the Sabine Expedition. Okay, 1807, 1808, 1809, no major war. 1810, U.S. occupies, Spanish held, West Florida. 1811, Tukashim's War. 1812, War of 1812, Tukashim's War, Simoli War, U.S. occupies, Spanish, Amelia Island, and other parts of East Florida. 1813. U.S. expanded, (laughs) well, gee, 1814, they expanded the territory, anti-piracy war, what's that about? Oh, probably those pirate ships coming over from Cuba, but I'm just guessing there. okay. 1816 through, uh, looks like until 1824, they were doing these anti-piracy wars, okay. And eighteen twenty five Yellowstone Expedition Anti Piracy War. No war in eighteen twenty six. No major war eighteen twenty eight. No major war eighteen twenty nine. No major war eighteen thirty. Then we get back in the war business. eighteen thirty one Sacs and Fox Indian Wars. These look like all Indian Wars. eighteen thirty two Black Hawk War. And they're fighting the Cherokees. Uh, Asagi, Indian War, Buckshot War, and they were fighting those Indians, supposedly, okay. And remember, we're coming up on Thanksgiving here in this country tomorrow, they can gobble, gobble, gobble down those turkeys. So, yeah, they were fighting those people for a long time. Um, I'm getting kind of bored. This list is so long. (laughs) 1846, American-Mexican War, Texas-Indian Wars, well, they just hit the ground here and started having wars, didn't they? Um, 1850, they were having wars in Texas, Utah, California, Navajo Wars, Yuma Wars, <laughs> Apache Wars. <laughs> um, skirmishes between First cavalry and Indians, 1854. Yeah, all these were Indian Wars, supposedly. Probably they did the Indian Wars so they could down the road sell us Native American Indian trinkets, right, to get us to collect them. I swear they do some of these wars to then put them on the Antiques Roadshow to get people to buy this stuff. I mean, you can still buy tickets to the um, uh, rescue tickets from that uh, fake Titanic. <laughs> okay, 1860, Texas Indian War, Kiwai Comanche War, 1861, American Civil War, the war that really never was. That was that war over that money, that Dixie money. Oh, it was about the money, right? I did a show about, look for a show about the Dixie money. The Dixie money interceded <coughs> before this country actually cooked up their money. So there's something about the Dixie money, the French, that whole thing with Louisiana. So 1862, they're still doing the American Civil War, Texas Indian War, Southwest Indian Wars, Navajo Wars, Apache Wars, California Indian Wars, Cheyenne Campaign, Dakota War of 1862. Wow. 1865, they're still going on with the American Civil War. They have the Texas Indian Wars. Yeah, they were already in those. They did those for a long time. Let me see if I can pick up some of the duplicates here the snake war that would be a good one what would all the doctors fight of the snake war <laughs> everybody with snakes on your logo come we're going to have a war we'll call it the snake war okay 1866 the Navajos are still fighting all of them Is the snake war oh US invades Mexico okay 1866 US invades Mexico now we're cooking and also 1866 conflict with China Okay, Okie dokie here. What are they doing in China? But eighteen sixty seven, Texas Indian Wars, Long Walk of the Navajo, Apache Wars, Skirmish between First Calgary and Indians, Snake War, Utah's Black Hawk War, Red Clouds War, Comanche Wars, Franklin County War, US troops occupy Nicaragua and attack Taiwan. Eighteen sixty seven. Boy, um, oh, now we, we invade Korea. Okay 1871, Texas Indian Wars, Apache Wars, Skirmishes between First Calgary and Indians. Utah's Black Hawk War. Well, they're pretty consistent. They're really fighting these wars for quite a while. Franklin County War. Franklin has to do with Germany I believe. Kingsley Cave Massacre. <clears throat> Kingsley Cave Massacre. who knows what that means? Okay, US forces invade Korea. 1871 US invades Korea huh I didn't know about most of these wars but then I was raised in American schools so they probably left a lot of these off the agenda Okay, not much more going on here. Okay, 1874, they invade Mexico again. Actually, they invaded in 73 and 74, 75. They're still invading Mexico. 76, they're after Mexico. 77, still invading Mexico along with the Black he- Black Hills War, the Nez Perce War, the Mason County Mason County excuse me Mason County War, Lincoln County War, Santa Luzario Salt War. And U.S. forces invade Mexico. They're still invading Mexico. They're going to have to Mexico for quite a while here. 78, Pate-Indian Conflict, Bangkok War, Cheyenne War, Lincoln County War, U.S. forces invade Mexico. Boy, they were busy. They had a war in 1879 called the Sheep Eater War, White River War. U.S. invades, still invading Mexico. A- 1880, invading Mexico. Wow, well, they're invading Mexico up until 1889, but um, they 1888 U.S. show of force against Haiti while they're still invading Mexico. Mm-hmm. Okay, 1890. Oh, these Sioux Wars. The Sioux are around South Dakota area. The skirmish between 1890 skirmish between first cavalry Indians Ghost Dance War wounded knee was in 1890. We we learned about that in school, so it has to be fake, right? US forces are still invading Mexico. Jeez, lay off of Mexico. Um, 1892, they do the John Johnson County War. Still invading Mexico. 1893, US forces invade Mexico and Hawaii. <laughs> 1895, U.S. forces invade Mexico, Bannock, Indian disturbances. They're still invading Mexico. Oh, 1897, no major war. <laughs> 18, mark that on your calendar. Okay, now, now we start cooking up the war machine again. 1898, American-Spanish War, Battle of Leech Lake, Chippewa Indian disturbances. Okay, then they go out to the Philippines. 1899, Philippine-American War and Banana Wars. That went on from 1899. They were busy over there until, let me see here. Wow. Okay, until 1913. In 1913, they added to the Philippine-American War and the Banana Wars, they added the New Mexico Navajo War and they're back to invading Mexico again in 1914 so 1960 still invading Mexico I think they were fighting over Colorado in 1915 they had these banana wars from 1920 until um, 1934 banana wars Okay, now we get into no wars 1935 to 1940. No major war, okay? No major war. 1941, World War II. Where's World War I? Huh. I think they left World War I off this list. 1941, World War II. 1942, World War II. Blah, blah, blah. World War II until 1945. And then 1946, the Cold War starts. U.S. occupies the Philippines and South Korea. Something about Korea. My father fought the Korean War. He was a navigator there. And um, I was born when he was fighting Korea. And my very first forum, it's still up if you want to look. It's just read only now. It's called uh, psychopath-research.com. And, you know, for all the years, that forum there is probably the last 10 or 15 years because of a couple of hackings that happened years before that. But um, the people that were most referred to my website, it was for victims of psychopaths, came from Korea. And for years, I would see that it was a... Chinese character part of the world, but it was always, a, they have these referral sites, so you could see where are the people coming from to visit your website. That's called referral site. Well, for years, the top three or four was always this Chinese character one, right? And when Google Translate came into play, then I was able to see that it was Korea. So for all these years, Korea was one of the most, it was referred by one of the biggest search engines there. Then this was years ago. So, yeah, so they were invading Korea in the Cold War. They occupied Korea in 1947. U.S. forces landed in Greece to fight communism. 1948, U.S. forces aid Chinese Nationalist Party against communists. Good way to lock up that country about that point, right? when's wasn't about the point they lock it up. 1948 to 49, U.S. forces against China. Okay, 1950 to um, 1953, Korean War. I was born in 1951. Um, Then 1954, a covert war in Guatemala. 1955 to 1958, Vietnam War. 1959, added conflict. In Haiti to the Vietnam War, 1962, Vietnam War, Cold War, Cuban Missile Crisis. Go back to the Vietnam War, 63, 64, 65, they were doing the war, and they were also occupying the Dominican Republic. 67, Vietnam War, 68, 69, all the way down to 73. In 73, they had the Vietnam War. And U.S. aids Israel in the Yom Kippur War. Okay. You know, the U.S. um, pays a lot toward Israel, toward their, well, Israeli citizens all have health care, and nobody in the United States does. So, yeah, that tells you something about their relationship, right? Okay, 1974, Vietnam War, 75, Vietnam War. Oh, here we got an open space. 1976. 1977, in 1978, no major wars. Okay. Of course, a out in 1979. Cold War, CIA proxy war in Afghanistan that was going on 1979, 1980, 1981. First Gulf of Sidra incident. Yeah. And remember, these are only the wars that they have listed on paper. Okay. Um, because Who knows? And I will get to more of why I'm suspect when I get to the SAC deal, because a lot of money is being spent on a lot of these wars, and I'm pretty convinced it's not being spent how everybody thinks it is. So, Okay, so 1984, the... CIA had a proxy war in Afghanistan and Nicaragua conflict in Lebanon okay that was going on 84 conflict in Persian Gulf 85 CIA was busy with Afghanistan and Nicaragua 87 conflict in Persian Gulf they occupied Panama in 88 first Gulf War 1990 1992, and this is not all of them, okay? Conflict, I'm getting kind of dizzy right now. I'm sure you are, too, so I'm about at the end here. 1992, conflict in Iraq. 1994, conflict in Iraq. Uh, The U.S. invades Haiti. They're always trying to help the people in Haiti, right? I can't even get started on Haiti right now. 1995, they were busy little bees. They had the conflict in Iraq. U.S. invades Haiti. NATO bombing of Bosnia and Herzegovina 1996 conflict in Iraq 1997 no major war 1998 bombing of Iraq missile strikes against Afghanistan and Sudan 1999 Kosovo war here we have 2000s no major war 2001, war on terror in Afghanistan. 2002, war on terror in Afghanistan and Yemen. How did we get in Yemen? Well, because after they signed the paperwork called the Patriot Act, after the fake war of 9-11 to go get those Muslims, they never closed the loophole. The loophole allowed any U.S. president to declare war on their own without anybody else being involved. So how they get in Yemen? Well, they were there on behalf of their friends. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, <clears throat> but all Obama had to say was that they were going to be in Yemen refueling the jets. Well, they did a lot of other horrors in Yemen and they're still doing horrors in Yemen. But yeah, it's the women, the children and the Muslims, okay? 2003, war on terror in Afghanistan and Iraq. In in 2004, they brought in Afghanistan, Pakistan, and they're still fighting in Yemen. It is just a brutal, brutal, brutal scene what's going on in Yemen. Okay, um, okay. 2007, Afghanistan, Iraq, Pakistan. They've added Somalia, and still fighting in Yemen. Okay, that's going through 2010, 2011. War on Terror in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Somalia, and Lebanon. And then there was a conflict in Libya, the Libyan Civil War. I think they went in there and killed a bunch of people on that one. In most of these wars, the U.S. was on the offense. They say that some of them were defensive. But they also usually leave out the covert CIA operations. If you remember correctly, during the um, Bush era, they uncovered those CIA operations. There was a woman named Gina, forget her last name. She was the one who was in charge of that operation of tortured prisoners. She is now the CIA director of this country. Because Obama, of that event, When Obama took over after Bush, he said, we need to move on from the past. Setting it up so he could move on from his past too, right? Okay, so let me see here. Okay, Civil War in Ukraine in 2014 and 15 added to their list of targets. This guy went on to say, so we can add four more years of war. That means for 222 out of 239 years, or 93% of the time, America has been at war. Most of the military operations launched since World War II have been launched by the United States. And, of course, go look at my show over on YouTube as far as the spending of the U.S. military. And that is only the spending that anybody is aware of. So, anyway, so um, I don't believe that any of this ever had anything to do with peace. But, hey, what do I know, right? Be safe out there. Goodbye for now.